every business is different. So just because you hear other people are having a hard time with ads, it doesn't mean your ads are going to necessarily be worse. I would wait and see what the numbers tell you. So if people are talking about ad costs going up in November, if you're not seeing it yet, keep letting your ads run. We became entrepreneurs because more than anything, we want freedom. We want to be in control of our own schedule, income, and life. But unfortunately, that isn't always the reality of being a business owner. I'm Gillian Perkins, and I'm on a mission to take back entrepreneurship for what it's supposed to be. In every episode, I'll share with you how to get the most out of every hour you work so that you can work less and earn more. Let's get to it. Hey, it's Gillian and welcome back to the show. Today I'm joined by my friend and ad manager, Tony Ruley. Tony is the co-founder of Intentional Spark, the Facebook ad management company that manages all the ads for Startup Society, my personal brand, as well as a lot of other popular online brands, including Jasmine Starr, Brooke Castillo, ConvertKit, Acuity Scheduling, and many more. So I'm so excited to have Tony here with me today so that he can share some of his genius in terms of Facebook ads with you all. So, hey there, Tony, and welcome to the show. Thanks, Gillian. Excited to be here. Excited to talk ads and strategy and whatever else we're going to get into. Yeah, absolutely. Something that I really appreciate about Tony, about you, is um, that you have such a, a teacher's heart, I think. There have been a few times now when you just reached out just to share things that you've learned about ads with me and helped me to further my understanding of paid advertising. And I found that a really valuable part of working with you. So I'm excited to be sharing that with my audience today. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. I'm glad you like that. I, that's actually kind of how I got into ads. Meg, my co-founder and wife, was sick of me like offering to coach her on different marketing things. <laughs> and she was like, you should just have people pay you to coach them on ads. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. I love coaching. I love teaching. So that's kind of how it started. Oh, yeah. Well, that's really funny, but really cool. Because, you know, when I hired you, I was just hiring you to run my ads for me. But I've just found that I've gotten a whole education along with it. So oh, yeah, cool. that's really awesome. That's great. So what I want to focus our conversation, or at least start our conversation with today is talking about some of the common mistakes that people make with their ads that prevents them from seeing that positive return that they're really looking for. You know, some people are hiring an ad agency to run their ads for them, or they're DIYing their ads. But either way, it can seem really straightforward from the outset. And people think, okay, I can do this. But they quickly find that for some reason, they're spending money on these ads, but they're not getting that return that they're looking for. So could we dive into that? Could you share with me some yeah. of the reasons why people aren't seeing that that return that they're looking for, some mistakes that they're making? Yeah, and there's a there's a lot of ways you can go wrong. I think if we start with kind of the person who's running ads themselves and maybe newer to it, because mm -hmm. there's, there's two big mistakes you can make. One, when you're running ads yourself and you're newer to it, and one, when you're kind of hiring a team mm -hmm. and you don't know what you don't know. So we can talk yeah. about both. The first is like when you're running ads yourself, I see a lot of people still, you know, if I ask them, have you run ads? They say yes, but that means they probably boosted a post, which is fine. Like there are, most people tell you not to do that. There are times you might want to, but that's really only like a 10% of the power of Facebook and Instagram ads is boosting posts. And most times when you boost, you don't have a goal. So number one is like, have a goal. Like what's the point of promoting something? So you know, I'll, ask, I'll say I promoted a bunch of posts with links and I didn't get anything. And I'm and I'm like, well, what were you trying to get? And they say sales, but none of their links went to sales pages, went to opt-in mm. pages or anything else. So it's kind of putting a strategy in place first. Like having a clear objective. 
Yes, which sounds obvious. It does sound obvious, but it's also about like making sure that you know how the ads would help you reach that objective, right? Yes, exactly. Because I'll ask people like, what was your goal here? And they're like, I wanted in like likes. And I'm like, why do you want likes? You know, and <laughs> Always then they, a good question. Yeah, why do you want likes? <laughs> exactly. And it's, and it, that's kind of where it ends. So like if likes are part of a strategy that'll get you more leads and sales, then that's a valid strategy, but it shouldn't end at just getting likes. Mm-hmm. So kind of mapping out what you're trying to do and really. Is that, is that yeah. the biggest problem with just boosting a post or are there other problems with simply boosting a post as well? One of the other problems of boosting a post is you just lose a lot of the power of Facebook ads. If someone hasn't really gotten to the ads manager, like some of the things you can do there, you can run a bunch of different ad creative to audiences that don't know you or even to your existing audiences and test what works best. And it doesn't show up in your normal Facebook page feed. So mm-hmm. you're not, you're not, you know, whereas if you're putting stuff in your page feed and then boosting that as an ad, it has to go into your feed first and kind of clog it up. So mm-hmm. you could have your organic feed be nothing but nothing but pure value and then use ads to kind of sell and generate leads. And then so there's a lot of targeting. You have to put all too. of that promotional material onto your main page, which right. can make your page look maybe a little spammy because there would be so much promo going on on it. Yeah. And you can test a lot more. Like a lot of times we'll test four or five, six images with a couple pieces of copy to different audiences. Mm-hmm. And you can't really do that when you're boosting. And the other thing that's harder is optimizing. And I don't want to get like super ad nerdy people can reach out if they want to talk like deep deep ad strategy but like optimization with ads is to, you tell facebook what you want so if you tell facebook you want engagement facebook will go find people that tend to engage more with posts and then show them your content in your audience but if you tell facebook i want people who opt in for a lead they'll go find people that tend to opt in for leads more facebook will find more of the people opting in for your offers people talk about the algorithm and that's all it is but that's like where the real power comes from with ads That's one thing that I definitely didn't understand when I was doing my own ads. And a big mistake I made was I knew that I didn't want just like cheap likes that I wanted to get people who actually signed up to be a lead. But I didn't really understand that I might be getting people who are very interested in signing up for things, free things, but not very interested in buying. And so that's something that I know you've worked with us on is how can we make the actual conversion event a sales conversion event so that Facebook can optimize for that? Yeah, and we can we can definitely get into that because that's one of the strategies I like everybody to try is get a sale early because mm-hmm. not only you can optimize for that, you can generate leads and a lot of times those leads will buy eventually, but you can start to see what audiences are opting in and buying right away just to get a sense of how interested they are in your products. Mm-hmm. Okay, so beyond boosting a post, what are some other common mistakes that you see people make? Yeah, the other then is if you're running your own ads, oftentimes people will get into the ads manager and not leverage optimizing for the right thing. So just to explain to people how powerful it can be, we worked with this client. This was more of an advisory role. They were running their own ads and they were happy. They were getting good, really good click costs, so like cheap, cheap traffic to their opt-in page. And they were seeing 5% of people opt in. Um, and they were getting like $5 per lead, which isn't terrible. And they didn't really understand that you could optimize instead of that click and that traffic, you could actually optimize for leads. And tell Facebook, Mm. like, the more people that opt in, see what they're like, go find more people like these people, and it builds a feedback loop. And so all they did is they relaunched their campaign that was getting 5% conversion for $5 per lead. And they just said they optimized for leads instead of clicks. And it went from $5 per lead to $1 per lead. And the conversion rates went up to 25%. So, yeah. And it was the same audiences, same creative, same everything. And so, 
just that one tweak and letting Facebook actually work for you is a huge win. Yeah. So really the the secret there or the the mistake to avoid is let Facebook do its magic. This really reminds me of YouTube. I see so many people try to like outsmart the YouTube algorithm yeah. or they ask, should they pay for YouTube ads to grow their channel? And I'm like, really? YouTube has spent so much money and done so much work to build such an incredible algorithm that's designed to find people who will like your videos and who will want to watch your videos. So let the YouTube algorithm work. And so here we're paying for ads with Facebook ads, of course, but we still need to make sure that we're really leaning on the Facebook ads algorithm and letting it like work at its full potential. Definitely, 100%. And then I, I think the last thing I see often is people just, they don't know what to care about when it comes to ad metrics or they care about too many things. <laughs> like at the end of the day, it's really like, what is your return on ad spend? Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe you're not necessarily selling anything yet. So then it's like, what's your cost per lead? Because we'll have people who are seeing really good return on ad spends or good cost per lead. And they're like, oh, but my cost per click is $3. And I'm like, I haven't looked at your cost per click in a month. We don't look at cost per click doesn't matter to us as long as all the other numbers like link click through it and things are working. And so there's some things you can do to clean up your reporting dashboards to make them easier to read. But it's really just caring about the things that matter and kind of ignoring the rest that that really helps people do better with ads. Okay, so that like acquisition cost is really the most important. Are there any other metrics inside the Facebook ad dashboard that people should be paying pretty close attention to? Yeah, there's always a couple we like to look at. So if let's if it, most people want to run lead campaigns, I would say that's like they're running some version of that. So just cost per lead, generally benchmark like a normal opt-in, like for a PDF or some kind of mini training, is like two to four dollars per lead, depending mm-hmm. on time of year and things like that, and in competition. But roughly, webinars are like five to six, and it goes on from there. But Outside of cost per lead, link click-through rate is one we really pay attention to. What does that mean? Link. So there's a click rate, which is just how many times someone sees your ad and clicks on anything. So like the expand button, like, comment, or the link. Mm. Link click-through rate is just clicking the link you're giving them to go to your landing page. And so for us, that's an indicator that the creative is working and it's matching the audience where we're showing it to people. So they're they're looking at it, liking it enough to click and go to the landing page. And for an opt-in campaign, generally benchmark like 1% is what you're looking for as like your your minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, and then besides that, I think we like to look at conversion rates on a landing page. Now, Facebook doesn't show you that yet. I think eventually they're going to let you build out your own personal metrics, but it's pretty easy. You can look at landing page views in Facebook and you can look at your leads in Facebook mm-hmm. and then you just do the math yourself. Because that'll then tell you like, Link click-through rate tells you how well the ads are in the audience are connecting. And then the conversion rate tells you, does the ad match the landing page? And are people still mm-hmm. connected? So that really is like the core of the funnel that we look at. Okay. So that covers some of the most common reasons why people wouldn't see a return on their ad spend. But I think there's probably one more that you could get into having to do with people's funnel and kind of like the back end of their strategy with their ads. Because I see, I know a mistake that I made at first was I was really optimizing, like I said, for those lead costs. But then the reason I wasn't getting the best return on my ad spend, um, this is something we're continuing to work on, absolutely, is that we didn't have a good sales process on the back end. Yeah. And I wouldn't say it's necessarily like a mistake. I think all these things, you kind of build them over time as you keep growing. And also like there, we have clients who don't really do any major sales in their ad campaigns or marketing funnels, and then they'll launch twice a year. And that's their... So like for them, they just want to grow an email list, 
and then sell twice a year. What we're really big fans of, myself and my team, are getting little sales throughout the year to help us find what the best audiences are. So I think to what you're speaking about, there's things like tripwire funnels, which we can touch on, which are basically a lot of people know what they are, but it's a free offer, like an opt-in. And then the thank mm-hmm. you page is some kind of sales offer, usually lower price, like $7, $20, $30, something like that. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite kinds of Facebook ad funnel, because you're getting that immediate return on your ad spend. And even if you're not break even or at a, a, a profit, with immediately, you're going to be earning some of the money back that you're spending. So you can afford to spend more on the ads and you can essentially grow your audience for free. Yeah, there's so much value there too. So like direct value, like you said, you get some kind of return. You know, you're spending, say you get $2 per lead and it ends up costing, and and, and let's see, what would it be? You get like a 50% return. So, mm-hmm. but that ultimately means you're basically spending like a dollar a lead, right? Because it cuts your yeah. costs in half because you're getting money back. But the other part that not everyone thinks about is it also is helping us find audiences that are buying. Because we might have two audiences, they're both getting $2 per lead, but maybe one is breaking even and one is like barely buying anything from you. And so we could then turn off the other one or maybe one costs more for a lead, but actually they're buying more. So it helps kind of in between larger sales, we can find audiences that are closer to being buying audiences. And it also trains people right away that you sell things. So they come in, they see you have things for sale and it kind of just gets them like, oh, there's a lot of great free content that Gillian has, but she also has great content for sale. So then there isn't a major disconnect when you start selling via email. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can be hard to get your audience to make that transition from just consuming your free content to consuming your paid content, especially I think in if you're in a kind of information heavy industry where there's a lot of information out there, a lot of free resources, then people can be surprised when you try to sell them something. So I do like the strategy for that reason also that you kind of get people used to the idea that you have things for sale and they might want to buy them early on, whether or not they buy that first thing you offer to them. They just are more aware that there are things for sale. Yeah, exactly. So now that we've talked about some of those mistakes that people often make, could you share with me some of your current Facebook? Sorry, that's not what I meant to say. (laughs) Can you share with me some of your current favorite um, either ad strategies or funnel strategies that you've seen work really well recently? Yeah, so there's the tripwire funnel, which is classic. It's been around forever. There's a lot of variations of it, basically depending on like what you're offering for free and what you're going to sell. But that's a whole kind of subcategory. I would say other things that we've seen work well are the direct sales offer funnel. I think some people have been calling it a tiny offer. The concept is just low priced offer up front, some kind of order bump at checkout, which is usually some kind of toggle where it's like, oh, you like this? Get this plus a bunch of extra things just like it for $10 more. And it just mm-hmm. adds a little... And then if they buy, there's some kind of upsell. That's a really classic way to do it too. We usually don't recommend people starting with that just because it costs more to get enough sales to start learning. Whereas like Mm -hmm. it's easier at the lead level to get more leads at $2 as opposed to trying to break even at $20 on a direct sales offer. So that's usually like the next intermediate thing we recommend people try. Yeah. So in other words, if 
you're spending a smaller amount, then you're not going to be able to get enough data for it to be statistically significant if you are trying to immediately get a bigger sale because that's going to be more expensive. So you'll be getting much a smaller amount of data because you'll get a smaller amount of sales. So it'll be hard to optimize versus with a tripwire funnel where you're getting those leads. And so it'll give Facebook more data to work with basically, right? Yeah, you're such a good teacher. Everything I say, you say back clear and better than I do. So I like this. This is good. I think I need to learn how to do that. You condense everything perfectly. The other thing that's really good about it is in the direct or the pro like the good thing about the tripwire versus the direct offer is actually something technical where Facebook actually needs 50, I say 35 to 50. Facebook says 50 conversions per week in an ad set to actually start to optimize and get out of you know what they call learning mode. And so people sometimes ask, like, why are my campaigns stuck in learning mode? My campaigns are really volatile going up and down. And it's because Facebook's not getting enough weekly data to, to optimize. And so if you're okay. not spending a lot and you're optimizing for a purchase, sometimes it doesn't quite work out. Sometimes it does, but sometimes I you see. get stuck. Yeah. And so that conversion that Facebook needs 50 of, it could be just a lead conversion, right? It doesn't have to be a sales conversion. Yeah, it could be a lead okay. conversion. It could be add to cart or checkout. It could be whatever you want it to be. It just needs to be the thing Facebook's optimizing for. I see. So Facebook basically needs to have like 50 successful transactions yeah. of whatever that transaction is so that they can say, oh, okay, this is what we're trying to do. And yeah, you know, exactly. these are the factors that are contributing to it being successful. Exactly. Okay, perfect. So so you mentioned the, the tripwire funnel and the direct sale funnel mm-hmm. or and was there a third one? Yeah, there's also webinar funnels. Um, I mean, a lot of these are just are classic. So these aren't the newest yeah. strategies. I think where we see... You know, the difference in these are classic strategies that always have worked well, and you just have to adjust what you're doing. So, like live webinar or evergreen webinar, those can Mm -hmm. work really well. I think for more like complex strategies, I've seen people like really, you want to leverage video content. I usually don't recommend people who are just starting ads trying to do something like pure video, because like the strategy is you run like video nurture content. So, content that's just pure value. You can run it to cold audiences and then you retarget people that watch, you know, three seconds, 10 seconds, 25%. You can do different segments and then you run specific offers to those people. Mm-hmm. That can work really well. It's just, it's an extra thing that you have to optimize for. Yeah. And so it really get can get complicated fast because you don't know what's not working when it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it can also get expensive because you're paying to show ads to people multiple times and like different yeah, a lot of times, of ads. <laughs> completely. And a lot of times I'll see people say like, oh, I'm getting a crazy good cost per lead. And they're only looking at the the actual lead campaign they're running. And they're excluding the thousands of dollars they spent mm-hmm. on the videos when you really should combine them together. When it works, it works really well, but it's also just more more things, more variables to focus on. So I usually don't recommend people start with something like that. Mm-hmm. I would say though, like if you have a tiny budget and you just want to start growing an audience running video ads is really awesome. You can get really cheap views on Facebook ads with uh, a video campaign, you know, and you could put a link in there to some kind of opt-in. But if you just want to get awareness and start being seen as an expert, you could start at really low spends, like $5 a day, putting videos out there and just growing kind of the awareness around yourself. So that's one tiny, tiny thing people can do if they're like not ready for like big budget lead campaigns. They could start promoting some uh, value ad videos. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Okay, that's a great idea. So one other thing I wanted to touch on today was kind of ads in the current economic climate, the current social climate, like yeah. there's a lot going on this over the past year or so. Mm-hmm. What have what changes have people had to make because of this? How can people still successfully run ads despite everything that's going on? Yeah, so there's definitely I mean, there's we could there's like a 1000 different sub items we could talk about and how people have adjusted and what's happening with ads. I would say like one of the biggest changes changes just like with COVID and the pandemic, people's habits have changed. So a lot more people are home. A lot more people are distracted. Parents are like trying to juggle working from home. And maybe that's new to them because they had corporate jobs. And now Mm -hmm. the kids are home and they're doing remote learning a lot of them. And so, you know, doesn't it doesn't and the, and the problem is not every client is seeing the same effect. Some clients that we work with, their audience maybe skews younger and isn't as family oriented, or and so they don't have a lot of differences. But sometimes maybe your webinar now has lower show up rates because people are like, I want to watch this on replay because I cannot, I don't have time during the day mm-hmm. to like watch this. So things like that have changed, and you kind of just have to be nimble and change your messaging to meet people where they are, and that that's always been true with ads. Sure. So making sure that the actual words you're using in your ads are kind of like sensitive to current events. Yes. And not taking advantage of it either. Like it's not like leaning, it's not like talking about it in that way, but it's just, you don't want to be seeing like if, if if it's like a tough time for people, you don't want to be having a party unless that fits what you're trying to do. But like if people are working from home, talk about that, right? Like if you have Mm -hmm. a product or something related to that, if it fits, you don't have to, you know, it can be something you talk about. So make sure that is relevant. Yeah, relevant and speak. I we like it's funny clients and people we work with say like they're bad at ad copy or you know and some of these things. And I always tell them they're great at ad copy. Like if you have a business and people are attracted to it, people are attracted to like how you already speak, how you already write. So we love just to get just give us like your your current landing page, your current sales page. Let us see how you write because that's how your audience reacts to you. So you can mm-hmm. still be yourself and just talk in ads the way you would, you know, talk organically. And that probably is a mistake I actually see a lot of people make when they're getting started. Is they think ad copy needs to sound like ad copy when yeah. it should just sound like you because that's what works best. And so every ad starts, raise your hand if you're a... Yeah, exactly. And now sometimes that works, you know, so like there are classic examples of ad copy, like asking questions, things like that. But like, if that's just not you, you know, you need to figure out like how you get your voice to fit inside of an ad. Yeah, that makes sense. The thing that like makes this rule difficult for us right now is that we've got this landing page that is converting better than any other landing page we've tried against it. It's converting at like 75%. It's our webinar landing page. And it literally only has the title of the webinar on it. And then it says sign up and there's an opt-in form. And so I think we handed it to you and you guys were like, so what's this webinar actually about? (laughs) Because you guys didn't know what to write about it because there weren't any words on it. But I I think it's important. uh, So there's always a balance when you're doing like landing pages or ad creative where you want to fit your brand and you want to fit someone's brand. But we always like, we don't know. We have ideas on what ad copy and landing pages and images will work best. But there have been so many times with clients where there might be something we personally hate. It's not offensive or anything. We're just like, we just don't like the way it looks, but it, it performs best and we cannot beat it. So it'll run for months and we'll test all this other ad creative because we're like, we just hate how this looks, but it works best. So we're always about testing. So if you have a landing page where it's like, it's just the title and it converts the best, just use it. Don't worry about the other pieces. 
Yeah, Courtney kept trying to A-B test it against other yeah. things. And she was so frustrated that she couldn't come up with like more words that made it convert better or adding testimonials made it convert worse. You know, yeah. everything we tried made it convert worse. And I was fine. And she was like, what do we test if we can't find anything, you know, that is working better? What do we test if it's so simple? There's nothing to like A-B test here. And I was yeah. like, we just accept it and we have something different, right? Because there are other parts of the funnel that don't work as well. Exactly. Yeah. And and if you can just, you know, as long as it fits your brand and you can live on the metric side, that's the best way to go about it. So that's perfect. So overall in 2020, have you, how have you seen Facebook ads be affected by the events? Have ad costs gone up? Have ad costs gone down? Anything else? Yeah. So there's been, you know, there's been social media protests happening on and off in June. There were a lot of social media protests happening in July. A lot of large brands actually stepped back and said, we're not going to spend money on Facebook um, because the way Facebook's handled a lot of different things. And so the way we handled it with our clients is like in June, when a lot of the social media protests happened, we talked to clients about what they want to do, how they want to handle it. Our recommendation was, you know, we'll listen to and do what you want. But we recommend, you know, going silent maybe for like a week and then we can turn them back on. And this was during the Black Lives Matter protest and the social media blackout where everyone was raising awareness for less heard voices. And so, you know, it's really up to, at some point it's the business owner who wants to know how do they want to handle it. But our advice mm-hmm. was, you know, Sometimes if you're not part of the conversation, it's okay to go quiet for a little bit. And so that was some of our recommendations during that time. During July, we weren't sure what would happen because a lot of these big brands basically stopped spending. The dirty secret was a lot of those brands had already stopped spending because of uh, the economy and other things. And they kind Mm -hmm. of, some big brands stopped spending to make a point about how Facebook's been handling a lot of different things. And some were just kind of jumping on. So we didn't see a huge change, but people were unsure what to do. So that was an interesting time. And then now, right now, there's with the national election and local elections happening, a lot of ad spends getting a lot of ad spends getting dumped into Facebook. So costs are rising. And we're heading into Black Friday, Cyber Monday holiday shopping. And this mm-hmm. might be the biggest year for, I mean, I think it guaranteed is going to be the biggest year for e-com ever. And so just because everything's shut down or a lot of things are still shut down. Rather. Yeah. And so like, this is already the biggest year ever for e-com just because a lot of people now are, bu- everyone's buying online. And mm-hmm. I think it's going to be only get only bigger. And a lot of these e-com companies are already big digital spenders. So it's going to be even more spend coming in. So we're seeing CPMs, which are it's CPMs are the cost of getting in front of a thousand people. And that's actually what you're paying for when you go out mm-hmm. in the Facebook marketplace, even if you're, it looks like you're paying for a conversion or a click. It's what you're actually bidding on is the CPMs. And so we've mm-hmm. seen those rising and you know, you can try different ad creative to fight it, but sometimes the ad costs are the ad costs. So it's just about making it work with what you have. Some some clients want to usually pull back in November, December. Some clients do really well in November, December. So that's on a client mm-hmm. by client basis. So a few things that I've noticed both in our conversation and in the past few months of working with you have been, you know, one is that backend strategy is really important, right? You can't just like boost a post and get some visibility and expect it to really have an impact on your business. Another thing is like you mentioned a little while ago, letting Facebook do its magic, right? And like really letting the algorithm work. Another thing you were just mentioning was kind of being sensitive to current situations. And it sounds like we don't want to just like charge 
forward with an ad strategy that should work, but we need to kind of be aware of what's going on in the world and maybe, you know, take a step back in certain situations or when ad costs are rising and then take advantage when ad costs are dipping. Yeah, definitely. And every every business is different. So just because you hear other people are having a hard time with ads, it doesn't mean your ads are are going to necessarily be worse. Wait and see what the numbers tell you. So if people are talking about ad costs going up in November, if you're not seeing it yet, keep letting your ads run. Like some clients aren't being affected. So it's just important to also look at your own numbers. It seems like the name of the game in Facebook ads is just A-B test. Yep. A-B test. Test, keep, test, test. Keep testing. And it's, it's always amazing. You think you've kind of tapped out and you've got the best results and then you try something totally new and it works even better. So keep testing. What is one thing that you really wish more people knew when they were trying Facebook ads for the first time? Oh, man, that's such a good question. What do I wish they knew? Or what do you wish they asked? (laughs) I wish they asked. So I think the biggest thing I think when people get in there is expectations. I think expectations tend... I mean, this goes with a lot of things, but when your (laughs) expectations are misaligned, it will crush your spirit and then you'll never go back. So this, I've seen this happen with people's marketing funnels. I see it happen on Facebook ads. They think they're going to turn an ad on and make a million dollars at like $5 <laughs> a day. And uh-huh. when it doesn't happen or something, they end up saying ads are too confusing or, you know, they spent a lot of money and didn't see results, which are, which is super frustrating. But I think going in there, you should go in expecting to need you know, you have to learn if you're doing it yourself, you're going to have to, there's a learning curve. And so give yourself a small budget, make sure everything's working correctly. Don't expect that the first thing you do is going to generate a ton of leads or any kind of money. It's just about seeing what happens and, and going from there. So I wish when people started ads, they didn't see it as kind of an easy fix or a quick fix or their personal ATM. Sometimes people think, you know, you spend a dollar <laughs> and you make two and that's how Facebook ads work. Mm-hmm. So if people just go in with a learning mindset, I think those are the those are the people we've worked with that have the best results because they improve every week, you know, as they learn more and get more data. Again, that sounds a lot like YouTube. Yes, <laughs> people think that they're going to put up a couple videos and one of them is going to go viral. Yeah, and why aren't I viral yet? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And when that doesn't happen, then they just get discouraged and they give up and they stop making videos. But if they go in with that learning mindset, if they go in just trying to make every video better than the last one, trying to learn from what works and what doesn't, then that is when they are successful. So, yes, yes. Sounds it, like the same thing applies here. Yeah, and I would also I would also just say like if if it's a make or break. I, I wouldn't say use ads. Like if you are like, I have to do X and spend X amount of money to make X amount of money to like in the mm-hmm. next week, that's not a good time to be learning ads. You can't put that kind of pressure on yourself. So mm-hmm. it needs to be the longer learning learning curve. What would you say is the minimum budget that someone should be have available to invest in order to probably be able to be successful with their ads? Yeah. So when we're talking like lead gen, like so just like an opt-in, some kind of opt-in or tripwire funnel where you're optimizing for a lead, usually we say about 20 to $25 a day per audience. So if you had 20 to $25 a day, you'd pick one audience in one campaign and just run ads for that. And the reason mm-hmm. is if you were getting like $5 a lead at $25 a day, that's five leads a day, 35 a week, that's less than the 50 per week we're aiming for. But 35 a week sometimes is enough to squeak by. 50 definitely usually gets you or usually gets you past the learning phase in Facebook, mm-hmm. but 35 can too. So that's why we say it's that's really what you're aiming for. 
the day and how long would someone should someone anticipate they'll need to keep putting out $25 a day before they might start earning a a positive return or break even. I know that's like so it's like so different for every single situation. But I just think there are a lot of people out there who are thinking about trying Facebook ads, but they have a small budget. And they're wondering if they're just going to throw their money away because they'll run out like their budget will run out before they start seeing a return. Or if you know, so where's that line? Where would you what would be your best advice there? If they have a limited budget, and they need to see like break even return ads are probably not going to be where they want to start because you need to have a little bit more lead time and just to like, let's spend money. Let's, let's get lead costs mm-hmm. down because you might be getting good lead costs, but then not getting a lot of sales on like whatever your immediate sales offer is. Mm-hmm. And so you might need to re- rework some things, but timeline wise, like mm-hmm. if, if someone was running a tripwire campaign, usually you want if you launch an ad and everything's working correctly, you want to give it 48 to 72 hours just for Facebook to start learning and optimizing. And then you kind of just have to start watching your funnel numbers. I hate giving like, it depends yeah. answers. So I'm trying not to, but you have to watch. And so, you know, I'll, I'll coach people like build a little spreadsheet for yourself. There's some more, there's some other things you can do a little more complicated, but just start tracking like how many leads come in, how many people buy, like what's the percentage. And if you see that like 10% of leads buy and you're selling a $9 product, you can figure out what your minimum lead cost needs to be to break even. And so it's just about getting the data. But if you've never run it before, you have no idea what the conversion rates are going to be or anything. And so I can't, if it's not working, I can't give a timeline for when it will work. But you need to give your ads at least, you know, I'd say at least three days and even better, at least a week to start watching mm-hmm. those numbers if you're just on the ad side. Sure. So it's, I think people need to think about like what they're really expecting the conversion of their funnel to be. So for example, if you're running a webinar funnel and you're expecting it to convert at say 2%, that means you have to get 50 people in there before you're expecting to make any sort of sale. And then 50 times your lead cost, if it's like $6, then right. that's $300. So you'd have to spend $300 before you even make one sale. And in order for that data to be statistically significant and for Facebook to be able to really use that conversion data, you're going to need to get, how many conversions did you say? 50 a week? 50, yeah, 50 a week in one Yeah, in one audience, but in this yeah. case, Facebook could be using your your lead conversions at right. least. So that 50, those 50 webinar registrations would give Facebook the data it needs. But so that would be about like $300 or so a week in order for you to really get the data you need. Yeah, to I wasn't sure if we were going to get that nerdy. Perfect. Yeah, sorry. That was, <laughs> no, that's perfect. Yeah, I, was, I dive into that with clients a lot of times. We'll go into their funnel numbers because you can figure out what your break-even lead cost is. If you know your conversion metrics, like you said, so like if you get 1% of people to buy, you can figure out then if I sell a $300 product, I need to get X amount of people in. And so like in your example, you'd be at break-even, right? You spend $300, mm-hmm, yeah. you, you make up one sale. But to your point, and we see this all the time with smaller budgets, you might get zero sales one week on one webinar and you might get five the next. And so it's just over time, once you get enough sales, what's kind of the average? Yeah, that makes sense. So something you said earlier led me to believe that you would almost say, and correct me if if you wouldn't say this, but that you'd almost say that you would like people to be investing money into Facebook ads that they don't need to get back, like money that they would be all right if they throw the money away, even though that's obviously not the expectation or the goal here. But it sounded like that was kind of what you're saying. Would you go so far as to say that? Yeah, yes. And not that it is throwing it away, but like I don't yeah. and we'll tell we've we've told clients like they're not ready for us. If if they're like, I can't afford to not have this money come back to me from ads, you shouldn't be running ads. Because 
it's it's too much of a risk. And I, even, you know, I, I don't know if all ad teams, we're pretty conservative as an ad team with clients' budgets. Like usually clients are the ones telling us to spend more. Always telling you to spend more. <laughs> yeah, because for us, like we're looking at return. And so we really want to make sure clients are comfortable and we'll spend more. If clients are like, get us leads, leads are good, we'll spend. But we always want to be sure they're ready to, you know, they're not making money right away. So if you, if, yeah. and so if people are going to, be like, I have $5,000 and I want to run a campaigns for two months. But if I lose this money, I'm not going to pay rent. Like, don't be running mm-hmm. ads. But yeah, so to your point. So basically should be surplus that you are like willing to experiment with for the yes. potential of gain. So like if this was stock investing, then this is like the part of your portfolio that you're investing to like volatile stocks, right? Y- yes, exactly. Yeah. And you're learning, right? And theoretically... Mm-hmm. Say you're running some kind of tripwire funnel or webinar funnel, and no one's buying. You're still getting leads that you that you could sell to later. So it's not like sure. it's a, it's a loss. So it's better than the stock market because we're not yes. completely gambling. We have yes. control over the situation. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so there's still value there. But if you're looking to like make that immediate return, there's no guarantee. Okay. So do you have any final parting words for people who are maybe trying ads for the first time, or they've been dabbling a little bit and they're trying to optimize things? Yes, I would say. So if I, especially for people that have been running their own ads and everything's set up correctly and they're they're seeing results, sometimes it's better to try something totally new than it is to keep dabbling on the margins of something you're doing. So like mm. if you have a funnel or ad creative that you're running and it's doing okay, but you've tried a lot of different tests like with audiences and uh, ad creative and maybe changing the landing page of the tripwire offer, you might need to like just try something totally different. Because sometimes that's where we'll see big gains really quickly is when you just try something totally different than you have as opposed to trying to tweak the edges of something that's just having a a problem. Mm -hmm. That is great advice. I encountered that advice recently when I was reading something in a course that I was taking about optimizing landing pages. Yes. And they were saying before you try those small tweaks, before you try like changing the color of the font or, you know, just rewording one headline or something, try a completely different page design and do that a few times so that you can find the page design that's like basically converting best. And then from there, you can work on refining. And it sounds like you're saying exactly the same thing here. With yeah, because you'll, you'll get bigger results faster doing it that way. Way. And so that's always the way we like, I like to split test. Split, you know, once you get like a winner from a bunch of big changes, then go do mm-hmm. the little like tweak, tweak a couple letters or words in your title. That's awesome advice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Tony. This has been fantastic. Thanks awesome. for your time. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with us. You mentioned earlier to me that you have some free Facebook ads training that my audience can get access to. Yeah, it's a few free training videos about setting up custom reporting. So you can see the metrics you care about, you know, how to launch a campaign and set things up and a couple other videos. People can get that at intentionalspark.com, which is our company forward slash W-L-E-M or work less, earn more. Fantastic. Great. And also before we wrap this up, I'll mention that if someone wants to learn how to set up one of these tripwire funnels that you were talking about is just a good staple funnel, then you just created some training for our startup society members. And so people can become a startup society member to get access to that and learn how to set up one of those tripwire funnels. Yeah, exactly. I'm excited to kind of help people in there. I'm in the Facebook group, ready ready to chat. Yeah. Yeah. We're just about to kick this off and I'm excited. I know you like, like I mentioned earlier, and you love teaching. So I'm excited to have you in the group and let the members ask you all their Facebook ads questions. I think it's going to be fantastic. So awesome. thank you again. This has been great. Awesome. Thanks, Gillian. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Work Less, Earn More. Now, here's what I want you to do next. 
take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to right now and share it on Instagram stories. And when you do, make sure you tag me at Gillian Z Perkins so I can see that you're listening. Sharing on stories is going to help more people find this podcast so that they too can learn how to work less, earn more, and take back their lives. And if you really love the show, then head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review to give it a boost. Not only will this help the show out, but it's also going to give you the chance to win a 12-month membership to Startup Society. Each week, I'll be picking one winner. To enter, all you need to do is post a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to include your Instagram handle so we can send you a DM if you win. Okay, now let's wrap this up. I'm Gillian Perkins, and until next week, stay focused and take action. Take action.